我们可以非常非常好的服侍 but it's it's great to have a pastor that worships and worships passionately. You know, we're to bring the presence of God to people. It's not just about messages. It's about bringing the presence of God to people. Well, let's have a look in Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Last night we spoke on the anointing and your authority in Christ. And I hope that some of you got up today and began to pray and speak over your life and over your day and over your circumstance. Tonight we want to speak on the anointing and healing. And then we're going to give you a chance to pray for people. I know you want me to pray for everyone, but I did that last night. <laughs> And I'll pray again tonight, but I want you to have a chance to do this. Ultimately, this is about making an impact, winning a generation. It's about you being empowered to take the life of God to others. So I want you tonight just share about the anointing on Jesus. To show clearly his intention that you be empowered to do the same work. And we're going to look at one example of Jesus ministering to someone. And draw some principles of how to pray for people. So let's have a look in Luke, book of Luke. In chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases and sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. From the beginning, Jesus' message was about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. The God's kingdom is near. God desires that kingdom to manifest in the earth. There is no sickness in heaven. 
There are no demons in heaven. So when heaven comes to earth, the sick are healed and demons are cast out. And so in Luke chapter 9 verse 1, Jesus commissions the twelve to go. And he tells them what to preach. Preach about the kingdom of God. Preach of a superior kingdom. That totally overcomes the inferior kingdom of the devil. Preach about the principles and the life of that kingdom. But notice he gave them power and authority. With the assignment that God gives us, there's always an empowerment. God never expects you to do something He won't empower you for. So when Jesus sent them to preach the kingdom, He imparted to them. He gave them. The power was not their own power. It was the power given to them. The authority they manifested was not their own authority. It was delegated to them. So their assignment was to preach the message of the kingdom and then to demonstrate it through the supernatural power of God. He gave them power and authority. This was the very thing that we last night we read, he demonstrated. So what he had, he imparted to them. Remember we saw last night the word power. Is the word dunamis. It's the presence and activity of the Holy Spirit. It's God's Spirit revealing His activity and presence. And we saw last night that God's desire is for you to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power. And last night, many came forward, and the power of God touched their life. But this is more than just an experience God wants you to have. God wants you to learn how to live in the Spirit. How to carry His presence. How to minister His life to others. Tomorrow night, I'll be speaking on the anointing and power. And I'll show you how to flow with the power of God. Nothing in God is ever complicated. But it always requires we build an altar. A commitment to serve Him. God doesn't trust the best to those who are half-hearted. But he does want to work through every one of us. The second word authority means a delegated right to speak and act on behalf of God. So you notice in this passage, Jesus has extended his ministry. By delegating to his disciples authority to represent him, 
and with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In this case, it was temporary for that assignment. Some people, some people think, well, perhaps it was just the twelve apostles. Perhaps only the twelve got to do that. But if we look in Luke chapter ten, verse one, it says, after these things. After Jesus sent out the twelve, he sent another seventy also. He had a vision of harvest. So he saw the size of the harvest. And he commissioned another seventy. So 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 he and we find they also cast out demons. In other words, the gospel going forth is meant to be accompanied by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to learn how to relate to the Holy Spirit. How to work with Him and flow with Him. How to make Him our friend in life. And I'll develop some of that tomorrow for you. So Jesus Intention was always to impart his ministry to others. Let's have a look in Mark chapter 16. Verse 15. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. The great commission given to every one of us. And notice what Jesus says in verse 17. The, these signs will follow those who believe. A sign points to something. It's a demonstration of the power of God and reality of God. Jesus knew he'd be sending people into cultures. Where they needed to see the power of God, experience the power of God, to overcome the fear that they had. Some years ago, we set up a television station in Pakistan. And uh, we partnered with a pastor over there. And we resourced and provided a satellite television uh, station for him. And my son and his family went up to Pakistan. And uh, their intention was to work with him in setting up the TV station and be a part of it. We had an opportunity to go up there and be with them. And they were broadcasting meetings. And literally every day they would have 2,000 calls come in. Calls from Muslims who'd been watching the programs. They had seen the power of God touching lives. And they were hungry for prayer. Hungry to have God touch their lives. Every day, 2,000 calls coming in. Some from Taliban. 
People all through the Middle East, right through even to Mecca, hungry for the power of God to touch their lives. We heard many stories. There was one lady who was lying in bed. And she was watching television. And she was seeing the meetings and where people were being healed. Now, of course, these Muslim people are not able to come to the meetings, many of them. But they could turn on their television. And she was lying on her bed watching television. And uh, the program was on, and she was so excited about it. And she got up to go to the Toilet, and then suddenly stopped and began to scream. She hadn't walked for 10 years. And the power of God had come upon her as she watched the TV program. Her body was completely healed. And she was able to get up and walk. Her husband heard her screaming. He came in to see what was going on. When he saw her standing there, he started screaming too. He touched her. And the two of them fell on the ground and were filled with the Spirit, began to speak in tongues. They were making so much noise, the children came in. And the children saw their parents on the ground and they were praying in tongues. And the children went over to touch them. Try and see what was going on. And they fell on the ground as the power of God touched them. And they began to speak in tongues. And there was so much noise, people began to gather around. And asked what was happening. They said, We don't know. She said, I was watching. Jesus healed people. And he healed me. And many people believed that day because of the miracle that had been done. The power of God went where people couldn't go. Changing lives. My son was given an opportunity to preach there. And there were about 10,000 people, 12,000 people coming out midweek to hear the gospel. Now, of course, it's a little different to uh, being here. Because everywhere you go, there were armed guards. Had to, had to pass through a special detector, make sure you're not carrying a bomb. And he was preaching one night. And he was preaching about Jesus speaking in the synagogue. And an evil spirit manifested. And with that, his interpreter began to cough and fell on the ground. So they got him up again. He carried on preaching. Coughed and he fell on the ground. This time it was clear something was wrong. He was lying on the ground like this. He was dead. That's not good for your meeting if your interpreter drops dead. <laughs> okay, okay. Still breathe. Breathe in and out. That's right. <laughs> 
just checking. Yeah. Just, just make sure you don't fall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my son immediately just felt in his spirit what to do. He stood over him, commanded the spirit of death to loose him. Prayed in tongues over him. And the man suddenly came alive again. He got up and he was a bit weak. Wondering what had happened to him. It's not every day you just die and rise from the dead, you know. And then within about 20 minutes to half an hour, he was he was back preaching again. And my son was just astonished. And he began to think, I wonder if he was really dead. You know, your mind works that way. Was he really dead? Maybe he was just having a headache, you know. And uh, his friend with him was a policeman. And he said, Dave, he said, I checked the man out. I'm a policeman. I know dead people when I see them. He was a dead man. And he's just been raised to life. The next night there were 20,000 people out. And more than 5,000 Muslims came and gave their life to Christ. After hearing the testimony of the man raised from the dead. I feel I'm lagging behind here, Pastor Tom. I haven't raised anyone from the dead yet. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> Still yet, possibility. <laughs> So the power of God touches people. It's a testimony of Jesus and the reality of it. And uh, we've seen in Pakistan multitudes of people coming to Christ because they've heard testimonies of people being supernaturally healed. Notice what Jesus said, these signs will follow all those who believe. It's not just for special people. God's intention, if He's going to commission you, is you be empowered. But the sign follows those who believe, not those who doubt. And so the people of God need to be stirred again in the Great Commission. And start again to arise and extend your authority and draw on the Holy Spirit. Notice faith is essential to move in these dimensions. Sometimes the only way things change is if God moves supernaturally. So every believer needs to develop a listening ear for the Holy Spirit. We need to learn how to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit because He is the source of the miracles. It's His power at work that heals. Let's have a look at the anointing that was on Jesus. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. 
And Jesus spoke in verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed. So Jesus so Jesus makes an important statement at the beginning of his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is upon me. In the Old Testament, they would anoint people with oil. Individuals were anointed. And they were always anointed for a special purpose. And with that anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit came on them. So the, so the people Jesus was speaking to understood this. They knew of the stories of David anointed to fight wars. Samson anointed with great strength. Of the judges anointed to deliver them. Now Jesus said, the Spirit of God is on me. I have a commission from my father. And he outlines what the anointing is for. I found in Asia everyone wants to be anointed. They want more anointing, more anointing, more anointing. Everywhere I go, oh, Pastor, more anointing, more anointing. I say, why don't you use what you've got? Use what you've got and grow more. They say, come on, Pastor, give me double portion, double portion. I said that's like asking a man who has a hundred dollars to give you two hundred. How can I do that? You ask a hard thing. Only God can do that. And he will do that if you have an assignment for that. So I find so many people worried about more anointing. And God's thinking, why don't you take up more responsibility? Why don't you pick up the work? Anointing is for work. Take on your heart to do the work. And the anointing will flow to that. So many meetings, people, more anointing, more anointing, more, 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 more. And I say, look, I lay hands on you. And I see, lay hands, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, next week they're back and they're the same. They haven't changed. They didn't do anything with what they got. You have to grow your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Anointing! 
你可以随便躲，不过还是要做事。Do something for God. 为神做点事。Don't just shake. 不要只要抖。It's a big problem. 这是一个大问题。Never want to shake. Blah 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 blah. Fall over. 大家都是要更多更多，然后倒下来。I say that's good, but do something. 那我说这很好，来做点事。What are you doing to advance the kingdom of God? 我们在做什么来拓展神的国呢 ？The anointing is for a purpose. 神的恩膏是有个目的的。Not so you can have tingles. 不是让你身上能够觉得很舒服。Whoa! You think, oh, they're very anointed. 不是让人家觉得说，哇，他很有恩膏。No, no, 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 no. The anointing is not about that. It's the person of the Holy Spirit working through you to get something done. 是圣灵透过你要做一个工作，一个目的。You shall receive power. 你会得着能力。To be witnesses. 能够做主的见证人。To witness to Jesus Christ. 要为主耶稣做见证。It is power to change lives. 让他有能力来改变人。I say the people come out and say, "Give me more, give me more, give me more." 很多人都说，给给我更多恩膏，更多。Stop that. 我说停止吧。Stir your gift up. 然后来眺望你的恩赐。Stir up what God gave you. 把神所给你的能够眺望起来。Use what you have. 用你已经有的。Then you get more. 然后你就会得到更多。It's a principle in the kingdom. 这就是国度的原则。If you have an ear to hear, 如果你有耳的 ，more is given. 就会更多的会给。In other words, if you respond to what God has given you, 所以如果你回应神所给你的，当你行动的时候，他就给你更多。But if you don't do anything with what you get, if you don't do anything with what you get, 如果神给你的什么都不用 ，soon you don't even have that. 然后呢，你有的都没了。Come back next week, I anoint you again. 然后下礼拜回来，我再来恩膏你一次。I tapped into the supply. There's no end to it. 因为我跟这个泉源是连接的，所以是源源不断的。Look what Jesus said. The anointing's for. Preach the gospel to the poor. God's first priority is to bring people into relationship with Himself. Reconciliation. God's first priority is people know He loves them and they respond to that love. And come into relationship with Him. That they know Him as a loving God, loving Father. Let them can 认识上帝是一个爱他们的上帝，可以经历天父的爱。And and respond to Jesus Christ. Then they can 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 You see, the second thing is, he said he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, this is an important aspect of Jesus' ministry. The Bible says, "Out of your heart flow the issues of your life." The heart is referring to the innermost being. So what gets in your heart will affect how you run your life. So, 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 Religion tries to get you to work harder. Religion is to make you work harder, do more. God says, "I want you to be in love with me." God says, "I want you to be in love with me." God says, "I want you to be in love with me." God says, "I want you to be in love with me." God says, "I want you to be in love with me." God says, "I want you to be in love with me." God says, "I want you to be in love with me." God says, "I want you to be in love with me." 
So how do people's heart get broken? Well, strangers don't break your heart. People near to you break your heart. We look at the nation today. We see like an epidemic of broken lives, broken families. Sexual abuse, physical abuse. Traumatic experiences. Young people growing up traumatized by what they've experienced. I've just been in a church in uh, in Australia. And I was quite stunned by some of the the multitude of traumatic experience people had. I prayed for one Asian girl. And uh, I said, well, what is the issue that you have? And she said, when I was 10 years old, she said, some armed men broke into my house. And she said, they tied my hands, tied me on a bed. And they held a machete over my head. And they threatened to kill me. And they beat my father, wanting him to tell them where the money was. And he refused to do it. So they beat him, and it was a terrible, terrible experience. And she said, I have never got over it. And so I, I, I prayed for her. And I asked the Spirit of God to come into her heart and heal the trauma. And, and she began to literally shake. She just shook violently. And then she began to scream. As she started to remember the experience. And the trauma of it came all over her. And I asked her to set her eyes of her heart to look for Jesus. The Holy Spirit would bring healing to her. And as she focused her heart and her, her eyes of her heart to look for the Lord, Jesus touched her. She saw him come into the trauma, stand between her and the bad man, and tell her she was going to be safe. I then began to pray into some roots. Some deep roots that had formed in her heart. And there was a massive deliverance. And it was interesting talking with her afterwards. She said, I'm highly educated, I have a highly paid job. But I'm unable to save any money at all. And I said, here's why. And I, I picked this up from the way God had showed me how to pray for her. She was so traumatized by what she had gone through that she made some judgments and inward vows. She made a decision. Money is dangerous. If you have money, your life will be at risk. I will never be rich. Second decision she made was men are dangerous. Men will hurt you. 
I will never let any man get near to me. And we prayed and broke those bondages in her heart. And the wicked spirits came out. And she said, I have never been able to save any money. She said, I don't know why I'm paid so much, but I have not a cent and I have nothing. And she said, I've never been able to hold a relationship with a man together. And this was 26 years after the event. Her heart was broken by the trauma. But that night she was healed by the Spirit of God. I saw her the next day and I didn't recognize her. She looked so different. Her face was alive, there was joy. And she came running up to me. She said, I've started my savings plan already. And here's the dreams I have of what I want to do. Her life had changed through an encounter with Jesus. That's just one person. I had hundreds. There are people everywhere who's, who look good on the outside. She looked pretty, she looked uh, professional, and she was obviously highly qualified. But within her heart was broken. Damaged by trauma that she was not responsible for. Jesus healed her broken heart. He still heals broken heart. He still heals broken hearts. I'll tell you another story. We, we uh, shared uh, one time in Taiwan a story about uh, the daughter that we adopted out and how God restored her. And a young girl uh, responded and gave her life to Christ. The next time I came back, she was quite, uh, she gave a testimony. Now in a cell group and she was functioning and she shared her testimony of how she was adopted when she was five and now she'd come to Christ, she felt accepted for the first time. And so I felt the Lord put on my heart, I felt a compassion for her. I felt God move my heart. And I learned when that happens, do something. I said, I'd like to pray for you. And I said, I believe God wants to complete the healing work in your life. And so I said, can you remember the day that you were adopted? And she said, yes, I can. And I said, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And we're going to ask the Spirit of God to come and bring healing. And, and bring a revelation that Jesus loves you and he's your healer. She closed her eyes. And then she began to weep. And she remembered vividly the day, uh, more than uh, 20 years before, that she had been adopted. And, and I said, can you see Jesus? And she said, yes, I can see him. He's reaching out to me. I said, why don't you reach out to him? And she had her eyes closed with tears streaming down. And she just reached out like that. 
然后他就伸出他的手。And then she froze. 然后就僵住了。And she stayed there for an hour and a half encountering the Lord. 他就在那样一个里面停留了一个半小时。And we just I just carried on the meeting. 所以呢，我就还是继续在带领。Had an old preach, have an altar call. 然后呢，还是这样的讲道。And when it was all over, she suddenly she comes out like that. 然后呢，突然一下，她就清醒。And she had been having an encounter with God, and He was healing her. 那就在那个一半小时，她遇见耶稣，耶稣在医治她。I saw her, and we talked with her again. 后来我们又有次机会交谈。And her heart had been so broken and damaged. 过去她的心破碎到一个程度。She had judged her mother. And then she herself had done the same. She'd adopted a girl out. Her heart had been so broken. And that day Jesus spoke to her and brought healing. And she was transformed. When I saw her the next day, I didn't recognize her. Joy and light and brightness in her countenance. Power of God had healed her. And next time I saw her, she's in a meeting. She's part of a. She leads a cell group, and she's been restored to her mother. She invited her mother to church to hear me speak. And in the middle of the service, her mother took her hand and said, "I am so sorry." And they both wept as they were rejoined together again. See, this ministry of healing the broken-hearted is one of the most important ministries of Jesus. But notice what else he says in the next verse. Then he says, "To part of the verse, he says, 'Deliverance to the captives.' So Jesus came to set people free from evil spirits. So, when people sin, when people sin, when they hurt in relationships, or they experience traumas, often demonic spirits enter their life. You can't medicate a demonic spirit. It needs to be cast out. Says the recovering of sight to the blind. Jesus came to minister physical healing. So Jesus can also bring healing. To give vision back to people. Release them from oppressive loads. So you notice here the ministry of Jesus very extensive. So Jesus' ministry is very extensive. It's more than just winning people to Christ and getting them into church. It's actually discipling them until they become mature and whole and reproduce the life of Jesus and others. I want us just to have a look of Jesus moving in the anointing and healing someone, and share with you some simple principles how you would pray and minister to people. It's a very short story, Luke chapter thirteen, verse ten. Now Jesus was teaching in a synagogue on the Sabbath. And there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years and was bent over and could in no way stand up. She had a serious back problem. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, "Woman, you are loose from your infirmity." 
And he laid hands on her immediately. She was made straight and glorified God. Okay, here's an interesting story. So let me just give you the in a summary. Firstly, it takes place in a in a synagogue in a in a gathering of believers. And the person who's in need is a believer. In other words, there are people among us who need healing. And uh, the condition of the woman was very obvious. She had a major back problem. She was sort of bent right over. It was a very, very obvious condition. But it was humiliating for her. It ruined her life. And, and she was unable to do the things others could do. But underneath it, there was an invisible spiritual root. Behind many of the problems that people have, many of which are obvious, often lies hidden spiritual roots. This lady had a spirit of infirmity. Her problem appeared or manifested as something physical. But the root cause was a tormenting spirit. A spirit of infirmity had entered her. 18 years before. That means something happened to her in her life. And a demonic spirit was able to enter her and begin to destroy her health. No doubt she tried every doctor. No doubt she tried many remedies. But nothing could heal her condition. Because what was needed was spiritual. She needed deliverance from the presence and impact of an evil spirit. There are many different kinds of evil spirits. But they all do the same kinds of things. They create havoc and destruction in people's lives. This woman was troubled by a spirit of infirmity. I remember praying for a young man one time. And he had a pain in his shoulder. But when I spoke with him, the Holy Spirit showed me he had bitterness towards his father. And that the problem he had was a spirit of infirmity. I asked him, how do you get on with your father? And he said, oh, I love my dad. Hmm. I said, isn't it true that your father travels a lot? He said, that's right. I said, isn't it true that he isn't there for you? And actually, although you love him, you're very resentful. He's not been there for you at important times. And you have a bitterness against your father. And he said, that's right. I said, well, if you will forgive him, you can be delivered from that spirit of infirmity. So he forgave his father. He repented of the judgments he'd made against his father. commanded the spirit of infirmity to go from him. And immediately he was free. 
And he said to me then, I didn't just have pain in my shoulder. It was all over my body. And the doctor said my back is stiffening and I'll be unable to bend at all by 40. He was dramatically healed from a spirit of infirmity. But underneath it was a hidden spiritual root. Now, I want us to read how Jesus handled the situation. Verse 13. 12. When he saw her, he called her to himself and said, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. He laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So let me give you from this passage or these two verses some simple principles you can begin to apply in your life in ministering to people. Number one, listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to develop constantly a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit prompting us. Jesus didn't pray for everyone in the, in the synagogue. He chose one person to pray for. How did he know to pray for her? No doubt he was prompted by the Holy Spirit. He said, the things I see my father doing, that's what I do. So the first key, if you're going to work and see the supernatural, is we must develop sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 2 and verse 5, it says, How does God work miracles and minister the supernatural among you? Is it by working hard? Or is it by the hearing of faith? And what he's asking is a, a question which has a very clear answer. It's by listening to God in an attitude of faith that we see things happen. So we need to learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Begin to understand how He speaks with us. Tomorrow night I'll share with you more on that. I want you to go away equipped. Knowing your authority and how to exercise it. Understanding your call to minister healing to people. Simple ways to do it. And understanding how to hear the voice of the Spirit and flow with the power of God. The second thing is the second key is this. Cultivate a compassion or love for people. Notice Jesus saw the woman. And I have no doubt that he felt something towards her. Many times it said Jesus was moved with compassion. In other words, when he felt compassion in his heart for people, he would not just, oh, that's sad. He would actually act to do something. He recognized it was compassion that is actually the heart of God or the movement of the Spirit to lead him to do something. Our problem is we watch TV and see so many bad things, we disconnect. 
And but we we withdraw from meeting people's needs. 呃，我们就因为一些的事情，我们就好像呃对人的需要，我们就有点冷漠。And and and many times we see people, but we just won't engage. 所以有时候我们看见人有痛苦，但是我们不愿意参与。Because we become preoccupied with ourselves. 因为我们太注重我们自己。Preoccupied with our own needs. 就是看到我们自己的需要。Almost daily for a long period of time. 所以呢，每天花很长的时间。I pray for God's love to fill my heart for people. 我就求神把爱人的心放在。That when I meet people, they will feel the love of God. 所以当我遇到人的时候，他们能够感受到上帝的爱。And that God will help me to see issues in their lives. 然后神帮助我能够看到他们身。Compassion. If you don't have any compassion, ask God to give it to you. And get involved somewhere with someone in desperate need. And compassion will soon grow. My first major exposure to that was going to India. There's nothing like a trip to the mission field. And to see the desperate plight of people, to feel moved in your heart. I have taken all of my children into the mission field. I wanted them to experience people in desperate need. So they would feel the heart of God. I wanted them to be exposed to meetings where God was touching people and their lives are changing. So they would feel moved in their hearts. My one of my girls at nine was casting out demons. I took her again to the mission field when she was a little older. It turned her life around. Sometimes you just have to get out of your nice world. And begin to discover what's really going on the people around you. One way you can develop compassion is to develop the ability to listen to people. I have found that if you will listen to people, they will tell you things. I found people want to tell someone. They just don't know anyone who cares enough to listen. Everyone's too busy. I got my schedule, you know. Wow, wow, wow! Busy, 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 busy. If you look at Jesus, he led a schedule. He had a schedule. You know, Jesus, he had a schedule. But he let it be interrupted. So I found if you will listen to people, smile at them, listen to them, and ask how they're doing. You know what the first question God asks in the Bible? Adam, where are you? It's not like I've lost him. He's gone. He's hiding. It's a relationship question. Where are you? What's happening in your world? Talk to me about what's going on in your life. I want to connect in your world. See, that's how you connect with people. It's quite easy. Easy. Listen. Stop talking. Just ask questions and listen. You'd be quite surprised that people will open their heart. So instead of crossing the road like the Pharisee did, start to get involved with people. So number one, listen to the Holy Spirit. Number two, develop compassion. 
Number three, when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself. Point people to Jesus. Talk to them about Jesus. And talk to them about church. People are too interested in church. But they're interested in Jesus. There's something about him that's amazing. Talk to people about him, what he's done, what he's done in your life. Direct their attention to him. I'll share with you tomorrow night that when you're ministering to people, one of the simple keys is to get them to turn their attention to the Lord and not to you. Jesus called her to himself. So talk to them about Jesus. Next thing you notice there is he, 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 he spoke, woman, you're loose from your infirmity. It helps if you're ministering to people to discover what the real cause of the problem is. What is the real issue? Many times it's not what the person tells you. It's something else. And you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit to help you find it. Often there's bitterness, resentment, anger, judgments people have made. There's often something underneath that's causing the problem they've got in their life. So I just ask people questions. And all the time I'm asking the Lord, show me what the root is. Where What's going on in your life? And it's quite surprising how suddenly you can just find the roots. And they're usually bitterness or judgments or some kinds of vows people have made or trauma they've gone through. So notice there it is, simple things. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Cultivate compassion. Talk to people, find out whether what's going on in their life. Point them towards Jesus. And if you have an opportunity to minister, notice the two things Jesus did. He spoke directly to the root. Be loosed. He exercised spiritual authority. So, so learn to speak like we were sharing you last night. Speak, be moved. Speak to the demons, go. Speak to the sickness, go. Speak to it like it's living. Speak to infirmities. Don't pray long prayers. Short prayers. Speak in Jesus' name. Command the infirmity to go. And then the last one he did, he laid hands on her. And released the anointing of the Spirit of God. Share with you tomorrow. Don't push people. I hate pushing. Don't push people. If you're going to pray, don't push them. 
<laughs> you got to be nice to them, gentle with them. So the moment you try pushing people, you've stopped trusting in the Holy Spirit, and you're not concerned about them being healed. You're concerned about you looking good. So if you're going to pray for someone, establish what the real problem is. Point them towards the Lord. Command whatever's there to go. And just lay hands gently and release the anointing of the Spirit of God. Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So the last thing I usually ask people to do is try and do something you couldn't do before. Try and do something you couldn't do before. I found sometimes people are healed immediately. That's a miracle. But many times they recover. They just gradually recover. And you, you don't know how it's going to be. So we never know whether the person is immediately be healed or whether they recover. So here's how you handle that. Ask them to do something they couldn't do. If they had trouble with their knees, ask them to bend. Trouble with their back, get them to bend over. Hold them with the shoulder, get them to move the shoulder. Ask them to do something. And one of the things I've noticed about people is this. They always focus on the negative. They focus on what hasn't happened. And I've learned change your focus. Ask this question. Is there any change? Get them focused on change. And if there's change, that means God has started the work. So if you prayed for someone, ask if there's any change. Don't ask that they're better. They'll focus on what hasn't happened. And that negative mindset tends to hinder healing flowing. So I get them to focus on what the, the change they've experienced. I remember, I remember one lady, she had a terrible shoulder, she couldn't lift her arm up. And I prayed for her, and she said, I can't move it. Said, Why don't you just try? Uh, Why don't you just try? She said, I can't, I can't, I can't, oh, I can. <laughs> it, was, it was in the doing of it, the miracle happened. Like, like Jesus told the blind man, now go wash in that pool over there. Some miracle healer, you know, I'm still blind, I gotta, can't find the pool. <laughs> But as they went, well, they were oh, we're healed. As they went, they were healed. So many times Jesus got people to do something. He said to the man who was blind, look, what can you see? I see men like trees. He prayed again. And the man could see completely. So even in Jesus' ministry, some things, he prayed twice. So I pray twice. I remember the first time I got someone who was totally deaf healed. I prayed four times. It was a big crowd, but I just felt to keep persevering. Under the ears to open. 
Come on, the ears to open again. And I prayed. Nothing happened. I thought, now I'm going to do it again. I commanded the infirmity to go from my ears, ears to be open. And she suddenly went, Now, her face was amazing. First shock. Then tears. She didn't know what emotion she should have. She had them all. All just like that, one after the other. Stunned, crying, laughing. And, and I knew she was healed. I didn't have to ask. The first sound she heard was people praying. She had never heard a thing in her life. Now, many people I prayed for didn't get healed. In fact, the first few I prayed for, they died. They died. I wasn't very happy. I was so hopeful that Jesus would heal them. And they got worse and died. One even the next day. I was very disappointed. But I decided I would focus on what was possible rather than what was. And I and when I prayed for twenty and one got healed, I focused on one is healed. Soon there'll be two. Then there'll be three. Then there'll be more. And I started easy with something that I could believe God would do that. I remember going into into a meeting with uh, Pastor Gordon. I'll just finish with this story, then I'm going to get you to pray in a moment. And, and I went in there, and I walked in, and the moment I walk in, there's someone in a wheelchair right in front of me. Oh! I didn't have a very good attitude. I thought, oh, I hate wheelchairs. And, and so anyway, I went over into the front row, like the speakers do, you know. And, and God began to speak to me. So everyone's singing and God's speaking to me. Said, I don't like your attitude. You've got a bad attitude. <laughs> so everyone's singing and I'm just, I've got a bad attitude. <laughs> and so I have to repent. I'm so, so Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. I think about me, not that man. I'm, I'm sorry. And then he said to me a simple thing. He said, meditate on him being healed. And I just began, to, while everyone's worshipping, began to just see him just rise up out of that wheelchair. And I did that for quite a while. And then suddenly, faith came. I know he's going to be healed. I don't know how I knew. I just knew. Faith had come for a miracle. So I Pastor Gordon, we prayed for some people. And he said, and think God was doing some things. And, and he said, what are you going to do next? I said, see the man in the wheelchair, we're going to pray for him and help him out of the wheelchair. No! 
他说不要。他说你吓死我了，不要这么做。他说是，我们要这么做。<笑>这下子呢，有两个人坐轮椅了。所以我就为第一个女士祷告。她在那里六个月。为她祷告。什么都没感觉。Uh, 但是我有把握，神一定会做工。所以我就请她从轮椅上站起来。然后她站起来开始走路。Oh, did she really need a wheelchair? I wonder why she came in a wheelchair. <laughs> I was struggling to believe. I went to pray for the other man. He'd been in the wheelchair a long time. Had ten operations. He's in the wheelchair. He's a Muslim man. And, and I just put my hands on him and prayed. And I closed my eyes and remembered the picture of him getting up. 当我为他祷告的时候，我就记得在我眼中、呃心中所看到那个画面。Release the healing power of God and try to help him. 然后呢，我就奉耶稣的名斥责那个疾病离开他，然后要把他扶起来。Pastor Gordon is standing next to me and he's really calm. 那这个 Pastor Gordon 站在我旁边，他非常的平静。在那里面，他紧张的要死。What's going to happen? So I took the man's hand and helped him up. Said, Take a few steps. And he was a bit weak at first. I thought he's probably going to fall over. Look, I had to really get over negative thinking, you know. So I held on to him tightly in case he fell over. Thinking, this is bad. If I get him out of the wheelchair and then he falls over, this is not good. I wasn't going to let him go. But he got stronger and stronger. And then he, he forced me to let go. Now I'm standing. We share the microphone. Be healed. No. Battery, battery. There we go. We'll share the microphone. We'll be friends and share. Okay, we'll share. Yes. 我们分享。Okay, this is what happened next. There we go. 下一件事情那些跟带那个轮椅来的人，他希望这个人再坐回轮椅上。Next thing he's back in the wheelchair. I've just got you out. You've gone back into it again. 他说刚刚把你带出来，怎么又回轮椅 ？And I realized their mind had not caught up with the miracle. 他们的心，他们的这个思想还没有办法追上这个神机。But their mind could not grasp it. 但他们的心，这个思想还没有办法接受。They came with a man in the wheelchair. They saw him get up and walk. 看到他从轮椅上站起来走路。But in their mind, they were still convinced they'd wheel him home. 但在他们的心里面，他说还是要把他推回去。He walked. He walked up on the altar call. He walked out of the chair, come up the altar call, give his heart to Jesus. 呀，因为那个人得医治以后，他就来到前面，把他心奉献给耶稣。So there's some simple things about praying. 所以呢，有一些有关啊，这个祷告要对圣灵要敏锐。Develop compassion for people. 有爱心。Stretch out. To them, 然后要来接触他们 ，and look for the opportunity to minister. 要找机会来服侍他们。Focus on Jesus and what Jesus can do. 专注在耶稣和他所能做的事。Find out what the root problem is. 找到病的根源。
and then take authority over whatever's there, speak to it, and release the anointing. 运用权柄，吩咐疾病离开。Okay, now let's going to give you a chance to do something now. 好，现在我们就给大家一个机会。Since we've just prayed for a lady had a back problem. 所以呢，我们刚刚是为有一个有背部有啊、呃、有毛病的人祷告。If you have a back problem, why don't you stand up wherever you are? 如果你的背部不舒服，有病的话。You're in here today, and you have a back problem. 你的背有问题。Why don't you stand up? Just stand where you are. 啊，就站起来，不用来到前面。That's the way. Stand up. 就站起来。Come on, you be honest. There's a lot more than we realize. 呀，很多人都有背部背部的毛病。站起来。Okay, there's lots of people with back problems. That's fantastic. 太棒了，喂。有很多人都有背部的毛病。Well, there's lots of chance for miracles now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <笑>所以有很多机会可以得医治。Okay, I'm going to give you and show you now what we're going to do. 那我现在要教你们怎么做。We're going to get people to pray for you. 我是要找人，请人来为你祷告。Going to get people to pray for you. 请人来为你祷告。You say, well, I've never done this before. 你说我从来没做过这事。Well, when we did this two years ago, 当两年前我们这么做的时候 ，there was a man who was totally unsaved. 有一个还没信主的人。And the lady next to him had walking sticks. 那么在他旁边有个拿拐杖的一个姐妹。Hey, you pray for me. 他就跟这个还没未信的朋友说，哎，为我祷告。And rather than say he wasn't a Christian, 但这个人他不敢讲他不是基督徒。He just said, okay. 他就说，哦，好吧。God heal her. 那就说神啊，医治她。And she said, I'm better. Thank you. <laughs> so don't make this complicated. So you don't make this complicated. He said, "Would you pray for me?" He said, "No, you're big enough. You pray for yourself." You pray for yourself. That sister said, "Okay, God, God, heal me." Then he said, "God, 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 heal me." You don't need to move. You don't need to move. What I need is for people either in front of you or behind you or beside you. I'm in your circle. To be willing to pray for you. 愿意为你祷告 Be willing to pray for you. 愿意为你祷告 Okay, so those who got who are standing up. So you are standing up. You have got a back problem. You have got a back problem. Just put your hand right up now. Put your hand right up now. Because when I get people standing up, we won't know who you are. We want to know who you are. Okay, keep your hand up. Until someone comes to you to pray for you. 一直到有人来为你祷告才放下 Okay then. Okay, church. Now look around. 然后你就其他坐的人就看一下 Stand up beside them. 站在他们旁边 Offer to pray for them. 呃，呃，愿意为他们祷告 That's right. Offer to pray for them. 愿意为他们祷告 Now, those who are receiving ministry, 那些接受服侍的人 close your eyes. 把眼睛闭起来 I want you to fix your attention on Jesus. 要把你的注目力放在耶稣身上 Focus your attention on Jesus. 注目在耶稣身上 He is the healer. 他才是医生 Not the person next to you. 不是你旁边的人 He is the one who heals. 他是医治，耶稣是医治的人 He is willing to heal you tonight. 他今天晚上乐意医治你 Are we ready now? 预备好了吗 Okay, those who are praying. 那些在祷告的 Begin to pray in tongues. 现在你用方言来祷告 Speak and command the infirmity to go. 然后用运用权柄吩咐疾病离开 And release the healing power of God. 释放神的医治恩膏。Come on, let's begin to pray together now.